Hello, my friends. This is Pastor Christopher Alam at home in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. I trust you are doing well and you're blessed in all things. Praise God. We are on the subject of the power of the blood of Jesus. It's an exciting subject. And uh, this is one of the things that always excites, excites me, preaching and teaching on the power of the blood of Jesus. And it is a subject that we must study. And uh, point number three is, and that's where we're going to start today. Yesterday we were point number two, and before that we were point number one. And the point number three is that the blood of Jesus is so powerful that it cleanses us from all sin. From all sin. It says in Psalm 103, he forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. So the blood of Jesus cleanses us not only, not just some sins, but cleanses us from all sin. Ephesians 1 verse 7 says, In him that is in Christ, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. So it says that through Jesus Christ, we have redemption through his blood. Redemption means like, uh, uh, let me give you a good example. Like for example, you go to a store and you want to buy a, an item of clothing, but what you do is uh, you, 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 you pick up that item of clothing and you tell the sales clerk that here is I'm leaving a deposit. So say for example, the item of clothing cost $100. So you, you put in a $50 deposit. And that $50 deposit, it denotes that it is yours. I mean, you have not really paid for it. Uh, technically, you can't say it is mine because you still haven't paid for it. But, but you put that deposit in there, which, so which actually reserves it for you. And it is held for you until you come and redeem it by paying the remaining, uh, the remainder $50 that's left. So now you've paid a hundred hundred dollars and uh, so you know you paid 50 already you bring the other 50 and then you kind of you redeem it you you know you you have purchased it fully it is yours so it says that through Jesus we have been fully purchased by his blood the blood of Jesus has purchased us fully and we have the forgiveness of sins that means all our sins when Jesus died upon the cross he looked up at you 2,000 years ago. He looked at you. He looked at me and he saw my sins. I can speak for myself that when I was totally lost, totally, you know, I was suicidal when I was 21. From the time I was 15, I was suicidal. And the only thing that kept me from committing suicide was that, I, you know, I grew up as a Muslim and Islam actually teaches that suicide is a cardinal sin and that if a personal person commits suicide uh, he is he's going to hell and there is no mitigating there are no mitigating circumstances and it's total death and total condemnation so I was suicidal but the only thing that kept me from committing suicide was this fear of hell uh, because I always believed there was a God there was a heaven and a hell and I didn't want to go to hell and I didn't want to be to incur the wrath of God. So what it says here is that through the blood of Jesus, we have the forgiveness of sins. So my sins were many and I was really, I mean, I was bound with sin, but Jesus, he came into my life and he forgave me 
all of my sins, all of my sins. So he looked at me 2000 years ago when he was on the cross. He looked at me. He looked at my life. He looked at my sins, which were, uh, you know, things I had done and uh, other sins, which were uh, my sins, but I had done them wrong, but they were in response to bad things others had done to me. And, and normally we excuse ourselves and say, well, you know, that sin isn't that bad. Actually, I did this because he did this to me. If he hadn't done that, I wouldn't have done this. But sin is still sin and the wages of sin is death. But Jesus, he forgave us all our sins. Hallelujah. Everything. He cleaned me up. He took all my sins. And then it says how he did it according to the riches of his grace and in John chapter 1, <coughs> it says, of his fullness have we received. Of his fullness have we all received grace upon grace. So that abundant, uh, rich, unlimited, limitless grace that God gives us, like his love and his grace for us, even for sinners, is without limit. When Jesus walked on this earth, he was a... He was a friend of sinners. And in John chapter 3 verse 17 says that God did not send his son to the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So I was a bad sinner. I mean, I was one of the worst, but Jesus loved me so much that he went to the cross and even took all of my sins upon his own self. So because of that, I have received total wonderful forgiveness from him according to the riches of his grace. And that means that I cannot even begin to imagine the riches of the love and the grace of God that he had towards me, that he forgave me all my sins. Amen. And, and so, so the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. So in him we have, that means it's in the past tense because Jesus died on the cross 2000 years ago. And so we already have this forgiveness. We already have this redemption by his blood and this forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. This is not something you have to strive for or to fight for. It is already given to us. It already belongs to you, beloved. It is already yours. It is already mine. And so we can rejoice and thank God. And then it says in 1 John 2.22, it says, He himself is the propitiation for our sins. That, mean, that means he is the one who bore our sins and cleansed us from our sins, but not for ours only, but also for those of the whole world. And that is good news for all mankind, that when Jesus died upon the cross, he died not only for Christopher Alam and not only for you who are who is watching this, but he died for the whole world, all mankind, every human being who has ever lived and walked on this earth or is walking on this earth right now or shall walk one day. It doesn't matter how bad they were or what their sins were. Jesus is God's answer to the sins of the world. He shed his precious blood, the blood of of Jesus is so powerful that he cleanses you and me from all our sins. And not only that, but he cleanses the whole world 
from all their sins. Can you imagine there's seven, more than seven billion people on this earth and the blood of Jesus is so powerful, so powerful. It has more than enough power to cleanse every single human being, man, woman, and child on this earth. And that is why we preach the gospel unreservedly to every human being. Doesn't matter what the color of the skin is, what their nationality is, or wherever they may find themselves. That's why Jesus said, go into all the world. That means you find them where they are and preach the gospel to them. And those who believe they shall be saved. And so 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20, it says this. Listen to this. This is, if any person, I'm reading from the Amplified Version because it kind of expands on the verse and it gives us the full meaning. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 to 20, it says, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he's a new creation. That means anyone is in Christ Jesus. He's put into Christ. He's a new creation. All things are, uh, sorry, new creation, a new creature altogether. The old previous <coughs> moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and the new has come. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Everything old that has passed has passed away and all things have become new. Then it says, but all things are from God who through Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself, received us into favor, brought us into harmony with himself and gave to us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed we might aim to bring others into harmony with him. So it says that we are a new creation in Christ because we have been, you know, made new. We, all things are passed away. All things have become new. And it says, and all this is from God because Jesus Christ reconciled us to himself through his blood. He has reconciled us to himself and he gave to us now. That is the next step after reconciling us to himself. He gave us the ministry of reconciliation that by word and deed, we might aim to bring others to him, just like we have come to him. And he says, verse nine, because it was God personally present in Christ, reconciling the world to favor with himself, not counting up or holding against men their trespasses, but canceling them and committing to us the message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors, God making his appeal as it were through us. We as Christ's personal representatives beg you for his sake to lay hold of the divine favor now offered to you and be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. So the blood of Jesus is so powerful. It cleanses us. But it was even shed for the whole of mankind because it cleanses like it cleansed you and me from our sins. And, and it took away all our sins according to the riches of God's grace. And it made us a new creation in Christ, a new species of being that had never existed before. And now beyond that, God has given to us this ministry of reconciliation that we go out to bring others also, everybody else, the seven billion people on this planet to him. Why? Because God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself and not holding their sins against them, but 
giving to us the message of reconciliation. So, uh, so what is the message of reconciliation? It is not to tell people how evil they are. That is not our main message. Sometimes we have to point out sin. Of course we have to, but that is not our main message to go and beat people up and tell them how bad they are. And, but our message is to tell people that, listen, God isn't does not have anything against you anymore because his blood, the blood of Jesus is so powerful that it can cleanse you from all your sins. And God, he was in Christ 2000 years ago upon the cross and Jesus paid the price for your sins and he wants you to be reconciled to him. So come to him. And then it says, I like the way it says here, it says, lay hold of the divine favor. You see that divine favor is already there because it was revealed and manifested when Jesus died upon the cross for all sinners. But now it is up to the sinner to come uh, when he hears the gospel and to, by faith, take a hold of the divine favor that is freely offered and be reconciled to God. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? That is the wonder of this glorious salvation which is offered to every human being. So no matter who they are, you know, some of us, uh, some Christians, they, especially people who get very political, they, you see them on Facebook, they're vilifying Democrats, they're talking about how bad this person is and that. Listen, listen, that is a worldly thing to do. Sometimes I feel that people in the church are fanning the, long, the wrong flame. We are not called by God to fan the flames of hatred and the flames of vilification and the flames of politics. We are called to flame the flame, to, 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 to uh, how do you say, to blow on the flames of the gospel, to fan the flame of the gospel and fan the flame, the fire of Pentecost. That is what we should be setting ablaze. Hallelujah. Setting, fanning the flames of the love of God for all sinners. And that's what we should be preaching. That's what we should be into. Hallelujah. Praise God. Anyway, so uh, we, uh, because God was in Christ and Jesus has, he freely, according to the riches of his grace, he gives us forgiveness to all human beings, to all each and every one of the seven billion plus people on this universe, in this world, doesn't matter what their religion is, doesn't matter what their beliefs are, doesn't matter what their sins are, but God in Christ has reconciled the world to himself. And now he lays, hold, he lays out his divine favor and gives you and me the task of going out and telling them, listen, Jesus has already paid the price for you. Come, all you have to do is by faith, lay hold of the divine favor and be reconciled with God. Hallelujah. So that was my point number three, that the blood of Jesus, you know, forgives us and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin. All sin, doesn't matter what they are, cleanses us from all sin. Number four. Num point number four, the blood of Jesus cleanses us continually. It's not just a one-time cleansing, but it is a continual cleansing. And 1 John 1, 7 says, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another 
and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. And that word cleanses is in the Greek is actually, it means a continual cleansing. Continual cleansing means it's not a one-time cleansing. Uh, okay, it works now and then again tomorrow. No, it's a continual cleansing. That means it's a day and night cleansing. So what it means that if you and I, we walk in the light, okay? Because God is light and he is light. And so if we walk in the light and uh, we can walk in darkness, in the darkness, uh, that means when we, when, we, when we pretend or we think we can hide from God or we, you know, you try to fake it and you think you can fool God. The Bible says, don't be deceived. You know, God will not be deceived. What a man sows, he shall reap. So, you know, there are the consequences. If we walk in darkness, there are, there are consequences of our action. But if we walk in the light, what happens is that uh, even if we fail, even if we stumble, you know, uh, those consequences are immediately washed away. You know why? Because there's a continuous cleansing in the, of the blood of Jesus going on in our lives. So if we walk in the light, it's the same person, same flawed human being, but I'm walking in the light and it's different. When I walk in darkness and do the works of darkness or I walk in the light, when I walk in the light of God, hallelujah, what happens is that there is a continual cleansing of my life. Now, I just want to tell you this. There, listen, listen to this carefully. There is only one salvation, okay? It has already happened. When Jesus bore my sins and I came to Jesus, I got saved. But God also has an ongoing work going on in us. So this is what the Bible talks about. Now, I've written this down. I'm going to read it to you. I want you to look at it. There are actually three dimensions of salvation. One is the past, the past dimension of salvation. It means we are saved from the penalty of sin, which is called justification. When people speak of salvation in Christ, this is the primary aspect of salvation that they refer to. So in his letter to the Ephesians, this is what Paul says, Ephesians 2.8, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God. Okay, so here we see salvation in the past tense. By grace you have been through saved. You have been saved. So I received Jesus and I've been saved. And this, this refers to the once and for all work in which God delivers you and me sinners from the penalty of sin. So we are made righteous, we are no longer sinners. Now, Titus 3.5, look at this. It says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Again, it's in the past tense. He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. This means, the means by which we take a hold of the salvation, of this salvation is not works or deeds, but by faith in Jesus Christ. If you are a Christian, know that you have been saved from the penalty of sin. So that's the first tense, or you can say dimension of salvation, that we receive Jesus and I'm saved. It's a once and for all action, okay? So I have been saved, you are saved, we have been saved from the penalty of sin. Now, <coughs> here's the second dimension of sin, or the second tense of sin, that is present. The ongoing work of salvation, which goes on at in the present tense. That is called sanctification. The first 
tense, the past tense that I have been saved by faith in the blood of Jesus. That is justification. And the second is sanctification. It says, and I'm reading to you, the Christian salvation does not end with past deliverance from sin's penalty. In addition to this past reality of deliverance, the scriptures teach that God is also saving us in the present, which means God, scriptures say that God is also saving us right now in the present. And this is the second aspect of salvation is the ongoing work of the blood of Jesus and the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit in delivering God's people from the power of sin. We call this work sanctification. Child of God, know and understand that you are being saved from the power of sin every day. Let me show you some scriptures. First John 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 1.18 For the story and the message of the cross is sheer absurdity. I'm reading from the, um, from the Amplified Version. The story and the message of the cross is sheer absurdity and folly to those who are perishing and on their way to perdition or destruction. But for us who are being saved, being saved, it is the manifestation of the power of God. So here's a continual tense, there's a continual salvation. That means we are being saved. We have already been saved, but sanctification is we are being saved. The blood of Jesus saved us that day when I received Jesus. But since then, Jesus, his precious blood is continually cleansing me on the inside every single day, every second, every moment of the day. The blood of Jesus is cleansing me. So because of that, I am being saved from the power of sin because the devil is real. Sin is real. It's all around me. But Christopher Allen is being saved, being delivered from the power of the devil every day as I walk in faith in him. And this aspect of salvation is the ongoing work of the precious blood of Jesus and of the Holy Spirit in delivering God's people from the power of sin. So now the future. So the past salvation and they're all the same salvation. There's not three salvations. There's only one salvation. I must make it very clear. But it's three dimensions of God's work of salvation in us. So the first dimension is called justification. I'm saved once and for all. And the second is, <coughs> is that Jesus and his precious blood deliver me from sin every day, protecting me, keeping me, giving me victory over Satan, over sin every single day. And that is called sanctification. I'm being sanctified every day. The third is the future tense of salvation and which is called glorification. So justification, sanctification and glorification and glorification means the final salvation on the last day. Now, this final aspect of salvation fills us with hope and anticipation. It promises us that when God saves us, he will deliver us from the very presence of sin. I mean, in Romans 5 verses 9 to 10, it says much more than being now justified for his blood, shall we be saved from wrath through him. That means on the final day, when the wrath of God comes upon mankind, you and I will be delivered from that wrath. We shall not face the wrath of God. You know why? Because we were saved and every single day, the blood of Jesus did its work in us. So when you and I walk through those gates 
and we are coming in in garments white as snow, washed in the blood of Jesus, because from the day we got saved, every single day, God has been doing his work in us. His precious blood has been working in us. His Holy Spirit has been working in us. So then it says, I'm reading again, uh, Romans 5, 9 and 10. It says much more than now being, being now justified by his blood. Now we are justified by his blood. We shall be saved from wrath through him. So here you see the past and the future. We are now justified by his blood and we shall also be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Hallelujah. So we, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We were saved. And then that day when the final judgment comes, you and I shall be saved by the saving life of Christ. Romans 13 verse 11. And that knowing the time that now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now is our salvation, is our salvation nearer than when we first believed. So this is what Paul writes to the church in Rome. And he says, listen, he says, knowing the time it is, we should now wake out of sleep for now, right now, our salvation is nearer when we believe our salvation is near. It's right around the corner. Amen. So he's talking about the final salvation. We are already saved. And because we are already saved, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Spirit, and of course, the word of God doing their work in us, saving us every day. And now, that final salvation is very close to us. Hebrews 9.28. So Christ, having been offered once to bear the sins of many, will appear a second time, not to deal with sin, but to save those who are eagerly waiting for him. This is, this is great. It says, Jesus, who has already borne all our sins, he will appear a second time. But the second time he will appear, he will appear not to bear our sins. That has already been dealt with but to save us who are waiting for him. Hallelujah. That's why we are looking to the skies, waiting for the return of Christ. And when he comes, he's going to save us. So first John chapter three, verses two and three, it says, beloved, now we are the sons of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself even as he is pure. This is wonderful. It says that right now we are the sons of God, right? We are the sons of God now. As I am right now, Christopher Alam, I'm a son of God. But when we shall see him face to face, you know, I don't know what he'll be like, but I know this much that when I see him, I shall be like him because I shall see him not by faith, now I see him by faith. He says, we see through a glass darkly, dimly, but I shall see him face to face and I shall be like him. And it is this hope that we live in, this hope that one day I shall stand before Jesus and I shall be like him. That is why I want to walk holy. I want to keep myself pure. I want to keep the ongoing work of the Holy Spirit and the precious blood of Jesus going in me because I live with this glorious hope that I'm going to see Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm going to see Jesus and I'm going to be like him. I'm going to drop this robe of flesh and I shall be glorified and I shall be just like Jesus. 
So, after considering these three tenses of salvation, I want to be clear, there's only one salvation, but this salvation consists of three different dimensions, and they're inseparable. It is a salvation that originated in eternity past, and it is consummated when in eternity. Hallelujah. Wonderful. So the blood of Jesus cleanses us continually. There's a, even as I was talking to you and you were listening to me and uh, the rest of your day, and uh, uh, the blood of Jesus will continue his cleansing work in you, and it continues his cleansing work in me, and I want to walk with Jesus and live with this hope. Thank you, Jesus, that you have saved me, and thank you, Jesus, you are continuing your cleansing work in my life, making me more and more like you every day, and one day I shall drop this shell and I shall be with you. I shall see you face to face, and that is my hope. That is the hope of the gospel, and the Bible says, whosoever lives in this hope purifies himself. Well, tomorrow we're going to talk about how the blood of Jesus justifies us. This is exciting. Let's pray together. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my brothers and sisters who are watching me right now. I thank you for the work of the precious blood of Jesus in their lives. I thank you, Father, for salvation, for healing, for deliverance, for life and your presence and peace upon our lives. I pray, Father, for every person who is sick in their bodies, heal them and set them free completely in Jesus' name. I pray, Father, may your grace abound in all, all, all our lives and use us mightily for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, God bless you and share about this YouTube channel with your friends. Uh, just tell them what, uh, you know, about this teaching because we want this thing to go out and to bless many more people. And if you have any questions or comments, please feel free to write to me. God bless you.